nothing could have demonstrated more clearly the continuing significance of Paris than the worldwide reaction to the disastrous fire at Notre Dame in 2019. The more dramatic, since the flames could be seen on television lighting up the night sky, it brought forth immediate messages of sympathy from religious and political leaders across the world, along with pledges of contributions towards the reconstruction, which President Macron intended to see completed within five years. For the shocked Parisians, believers or non-believers, seen staring or weeping on the riverbank, this was a central icon of their identity, the guarantee of the continuity of their city since the Middle Ages. This was where Louis IX entered barefoot with his sacred relics, where Henri IV converted to the Catholic faith in order to unite the country, where Napoleon and Josephine were crowned, where General de Gaulle ended his triumphal march down the Champs-Élysées after the liberation of Paris. For the world at large, this was not only an internationally significant example of Gothic architecture, but a symbol of the central role that France has played in the political and cultural life of Western civilization. And the components of that historic role are on view on both sides of the river that has occupied a mythical place in the Parisian imagination as captured in La Seine, the old song associated with Josephine Baker, among others, which sees the river as feminine and Paris as the male lover. Car la Seine est une amante, et Paris dort dans son lit. For there is indeed a remarkable concentration of significant sights on each bank of the Seine in central Paris. Take a ride on one of the riverboats, and on the left bank you find the once maligned Eiffel Tower, the Invalide with its handsome dome, beneath which lies the tomb of Napoleon, the Musée d'Orsay with its rich collection of Impressionist and Post-Impressionist paintings, Notre Dame with its façade at least spared the scaffolding, the Jardin des Plantes containing the important National Museum of Natural History, and the enormous ultra-modern National Library, the Bibliothèque François Mitterrand, also originally maligned but being gradually accepted. On the right bank, returning westward, you find the Conciergerie, where aristocrats spent their last days before execution, the Louvre, once the Royal Palace and now the most visited museum in the world, the Place de la Concorde, where once Madame Guillotine awaited the tumbrils from the Conciergerie, the Grand Palais built for the Universal Exhibition of 1900, and the Palais du Trocadero, with the esplanade on which Hitler did a delighted little jig following the fall of Paris in 1940. This concentration of places of interest also makes Paris a manageable city for the walker, it should take little more than half an hour to walk, say, from the Luxembourg Gardens to the Place de l'Odéon, continue down the Rue Mazarine to the Institut de France, where the Académie Française holds its sessions, and along the quays past the Bouquinistes, selling their old books and parchments, to cross the river and stroll through the Place du Carousel, between the Louvre on the right and the Tuileries Gardens on the left, to arrive at the Palais Royal, and then, if you are not too distracted, continue up to the Opéra. At every stage, as you notice some detail of an old building, or look along the triumphal way through the Tuileries Gardens to the distant Arc de Triomphe, you are walking in history.
and you may be following in distinguished footsteps, for there has long been a Parisian myth of the flâneur, or stroller. The novelist Honoré de Balzac was a notable flâneur, even if he was often evading debt collectors, as was the poet Charles Baudelaire, even if it was a way of confirming his feeling of alienation from modern life, and, of course, another was the surrealist André Breton, who had a magical view of Paris, and saw it as the mysterious mirror in which to find the self. And this concentration of places of interest, together with their architectural variety, ranging from medieval to ultra-modern, is expressive of the fact that Paris historically has been more rounded than other Western capitals, and has combined a wider range of areas of excellence. As one writer puts it, Paris was simultaneously a capital of the arts, politics, religion, finance, administration and science, especially medicine and physiology, 